0: to the movie quest podcast each week we discuss a movie in depth usually as part of a series and we rank them into a list and this week we're beginning a new journey and i quest to find the best animated movie although there's a bracket there it's a western animated movies because you know it's such a huge category that we have to sort of pull it in a little bit i'm joined by my good friends aaron hello and johnny
1: hello before we're gonna, just, just want to clarify to the listeners. Um, when we say Western, we don't mean like
0: pew 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 pew. Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not that. I mean,
1: like Western is in not we're
0: talking like Pixar, Disney, yeah, and like Sony and all the other sort of Western uh, studios, I suppose.
2: So yeah. anime is in its own category, a manga and
1: all the other. Yes, yes. Of... The the problem you've got is like yeah. If you say like we're just gonna do. Yeah, an animated film you're just opening yourself oh, that's it's like a so can big. of worms in it yeah it's like oh well who's going to be the first person to get a Kira then
0: yeah um, exactly yeah i mean oh yeah like spirited away instantly like oh whatever yeah. like it's just like it's too difficult i mean even this is hard it was got, difficult but we've got like you know we think i think this this is a, a, a big enough net it doesn't need to be any bigger so hopefully we'll catch some good fish um so yeah uh, how are you guys and uh, what have you been up to this week
1: well, um I don't know if you guys know this, but um there's these two computer games consoles. or what a computer games console is, it's um a box that usually goes in your living room that allows people to play video games. Oh, video com- computer video games. Computer video games on oh, them that will be hooked excellent. up to your TV um and you'll know because you made one of the games for yeah, the I did, consoles, yeah. yeah I did. Um, which I'm really excited to play. Uh, but anyway, yes, these consoles have come out, and my life has been very busy. Today is my first day off, and it feels amazing. amazing. Aaron, you work in retail, don't you? Games retail. I do. That's yeah, why. Retail. Hence why you're you're a tired man. And um, Even though we're in a national-wide lockdown, people still got to get their games consoles. So I've been busy, busy, busy. So it was Xbox the week just gone, or this week, and then the week next week, it's PlayStation. So to just put it in perspective, the Xbox is quite busy, but the PlayStation will be double that because it's double the amount of people that have got their PlayStations ready to rock. Has PlayStation um, sold more? Yeah, yeah. The the PlayStation 4 is sold vastly more Yeah, PlayStation
0: is a bit a, of a bigger brand, especially in Europe. Um, yeah.
1: And and obviously Asia.
2: I thought Xbox um, was like the... No,
0: nah, that was last gen. Last gen, were, they were it the big dogs. Gen. And this this gen, not so much.
1: Yeah, you know what's funny is, like, and you'll probably agree, like, it's more about ecosystems this time, Ryan. Like, if you're already bought into the sort of PlayStation ecosystem, yeah. you're not really going to jump to Xbox. Like, it's... A bit more difficult to do because you've already got like this huge... All your mates playing it and all that. Yeah, or like a library of games that you already play and you don't want to lose that library or what have you. So I've been doing that. Um, I've also been playing a lot of Destiny 2. I was up very late and went into work very early and was very tired.
0: You do that too... Well, I mean, I guess you don't do that that often because you like your sleep, but Destiny, when that comes along, that's usually the one that gets you, isn't it? It...
1: Yeah, I got the thing is the the problem. My my friends, my Destiny friends, and I are going to try and attempt to do the raid when it first comes out. So there's a lot of prep involved. Oh, you're such a geek, Aaron. Come on, such yeah. a geek. So you, you've got to really, you've got to manage your time on that game, and you've got to really put a bit, a bit, a bit in every day. Really. How about you, Johnny? Um,
0: Not too much.
2: The only game I've been playing is Pokemon Go.
0: This isn't a games podcast. What we're we talking about? Why are we talking about games so much? <laughs> Wrong nerds. <laughs> You've been playing Pokemon right. Go, Johnny. You've just been sat in your house playing Pokemon <laughs> Go. On <your> at, own. <laughs> at,
2: at Sarah's house, I can get three uh, Poke Stops.
0: Oh wow, nice.
2: Whilst being sat in Sarah's house, not actually. Yeah, whilst being around. sat in Sarah's house. Yeah. Wow. And apparently, according to um, according to some of the Pokemon Goers, because there's a viaduct nearby, it gives you like drift. So your character walks around loads, which it does, and you get uh, more rare candy. Bear bear Pokemon. Bear Pokemon. Cool. Yeah. Nice.
1: That's
2: us, you know. It's pretty cool. Mm. Yeah. I got uh today. So mo- which is pretty well, I evolved evolved a whale mate into a whale lord. Oh yeah, they're class
1: those. Big uh, big, you've, big big boys. Yeah. You've been
0: catching a lot of rat in the in your house as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 Um, Johnny's another Johnny escapade has happened again. Isn't
2: yeah, it I, I am. Um, I was saying, saying to the boys before. I don't know anyone else who's had this many run-ins with <laughs> mice and rats and in, in houses and stuff. It's just never never ending. They just seem to find you and go after it. I you. know, either I'm more aware of it, or um, they're particularly targeting. My whereabouts?
0: Maybe, yeah. maybe everyone has this issue, but no one talks about it because you know they don't want everyone to know that they have got rats in the house.
2: It's it's kind of quite interesting. I I think like there's not many other animals that well apart from like insects and and stuff. There's not many other animals that kind of come into your home and invade your home and start like eating stuff. Like it's probably the biggest kind of animal that would commonly come into your house and you know be a bit of a pest. I guess that's interesting in one way, but. Yeah, I much prefer for them not to be there. <laughs> I'll probably give you an update next time to see if I've got rid of them or not. But so far, it's uh, Rats 1, Johnny 2. Nice.
1: What, what about you, Ant?
0: Oh, I mean, for me... Uh, what? Well, okay, so my daughter Annabelle, uh, is her nursery's in a bit of a lockdown mode because they've had lots of people get COVID. So she's not been able to go. And she's having, she's having to isolate from everyone else. So I've had a couple of days of daddy-daughter daddy, daddy daughter day uh, nice. for the last two days, Love it. which has been really good, but also cool. very tiring. And my wife does a uh, is works hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a tiring job. Um, but yeah, so I've just been sort of hanging out with Annabelle and uh, what, seeing some of the reviews coming in for the game and uh, do, doing little bits of work on on the game still and despite it really not, not much to be honest, just a bit of job a bit of a bit of relaxing time now after that Good. epic, horrendous uh, slog towards the end of the, of the game. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Christmas basically. Which is I'm Think already in Christmas mode now.
1: You deserve it. You've worked really hard.
0: Anyway, this is a, a film podcast.
1: Yeah no I sorry yeah
0: Slash T V. Um so shall we get on to our what have we been watching?
1: What have you been watching? What have we been watching? as a, do you
0: know. want to go first?
1: Sure. Um, I haven't watched any films, but, you know, like on a movie podcast, I haven't been watching any films. Uh, I've just been too busy, but I have been watching. It has freed me up to watch. Um, I sorry, watching The Mandalorian, season two. It's good, like the first season. Um do, do not you Not great, think... but good.
0: I haven't really watched any The Mandalorian. Is that something that... People who are not into Star Wars loads would get into could get into like would would Mel be interested in that, do you think?
1: No. No. Is
0: it really just bit made for Star Wars fans?
1: Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, don't don't put Mel through that. Um I, that would be mean.
2: I would say I'd say if
1: Mel liked a New
2: Hope, then she'd probably like Mandalorian. I feel like it's sort of similar to the first hour. It's good. I like it. Sarah Sarah seemed to to like it when i watched it with her.
0: So what so what's going on in the second series? Obviously, you don't want to spoil too much, but is it just carry on from where it lasted? Or the last last uh, bit where the yeah, last like, one Yeah, I mean,
1: they do they they did this in the last series, so they've got like obviously, and it's like any TV program, like you've got your main sort of overshadowing plot, um, and then you've got like sort of little spin-off episodes in between. And my main struggle with the Mandalorian is the main actual storyline's pretty cool but when it seems to like meander a little bit um i find myself sort of not you know not every episode is bad but i just it's just all right it's kind of like a nothing episode so and,
0: so what kind of structure is it is it is it like a, a breaking bad where like the story is continuing all the way through the episodes or is it like almost not quite like, well i can't imagine it's like a sitcom like thing but is it like where is it self-contained mostly for per episode or is it like a is it like a Game of Thrones sort of Breaking Bad style, where it's just continuing all the way through?
1: A bit. it's a bit a bit, bit of of both. both. Like you have right. your you have your like story episodes, like your main big story episodes, and then you have like your random little, like moments where they sort of go off and do something different. Mm. Yeah, there was. Um, I've I recently watched the first season again, and there were
2: two episodes back to back where it was kind of like one-off episodes where usually no. you'd have, like, story-building episode, one-off episode, story-building episode, one-off episode. And they did two back-to-back, which I thought was quite noticeable. The one where they landed on that planet and they had to fight the... Is it the Atat? The, the Walker? Oh, game.
1: yeah, yeah. I, I, people didn't like that episode. I, I like that one.
2: And then the one after it was the, the prison ship one. Oh, yeah. Which, again, neither of those really added to the main arc of the story apart from introducing one new character, it didn't really do anything with the Mandalorian and the child. So yeah, I've not seen the season two yet.
1: More importantly though, because the Mandalorian is good, but definitely not the best sci fi I at the moment. Um Star Trek Discovery, the new season that started. I'm about I think we're three episodes in now or two episodes in. And it's weird, right? So it's so funny. So I got I watched this watched the first episode got hyper emotional to it and then there's just like this bit right at the end of one of the episodes so heather came in and i said just watch this right i'm just going to show you like this one section at the end of this episode watch how emotional i get within like the space of about two minutes and she just sat there watching me as i was getting really like oh there's so much emotion this feels it's just so beautiful it's a bit of a weird thing to
0: say. It's a bit of a weird thing to say to to your wife. Just come over here, and watch how emotional I'm gonna get.
1: It's just <gasps> funny. She, she could just laugh at me, like being like, "You're a weirdo." Like, why is this getting you so? Like, how are you so so emotionally attached to this one thing? I love it. I love Star Trek. This is so good. It. I get so excited every time. There's a new episode. I last season was some of the best. B- between that and the Expanse sci-fi is hitting like peak levels of greatness right now and this season has started off with a bang and it feels really good and i don't know i'm really excited to see where it goes it's been it's just a beautiful like all the cast are amazing it looks beautiful like each story like they do that whole star trek thing where like they have like a contained episode you know that's sort of it's got like a focus but then it always relates back to the overarching story and like the main you know the main plot for the entire season and it's just it does it so well and I just I'm in love with everyone in that show they're just so good and it's great tv and I know Lewis will be listening to this and, and I know Lewis will totally second that he'll probably moan about the fact that I wasn't I as big enough to Mandalorian but I just think between the two sci-fi tv programs if I was going to recommend one to anyone i would say star trek is head and shoulders above the rest. It's longer episodes, though, it. isn't it? Hmm? It's longer episodes. Nah, no, Mandalorian's like an hour, the first one was an hour or something. Uh some of the Mandalorians were like 20 minutes. Yeah, it's weird like each episode is not it's just whatever it needs to be i guess.
2: How about you Johnny? Do you watch so much? So i was recommended a documentary by Andy Pearsons who Sometimes listens to the show. It's called "The Mole: Undercover in North Korea," and basically, I will try and sum this up. It's a two, it's a two part documentary that uh, it's on iPlayer at the minute, and it's about this Danish guy called Ulrich Larsen who is given like a task to infiltrate North Korea. And he does this first by joining the Korean Friendship Association. And he is part of this association for like three or four years and goes to rallies and basically tries to like g up North Korea. And he kind of gets in with a group of people who managed to get him over into North Korea. So he actually mm-hmm. goes to visit. And while he visits, he meets this Spanish... North Korean ambassador who basically like does business on North Korea's behalf. And over the space of 10 years, this mole basically convinces North Korea to build him a narcotics lab and a weapons factory, not in North Korea, but on an island in Uganda. Wow. And... What? Uh, he pretends to be like a multi-millionaire, and like basically. Yeah, is, okay,
0: is, how far into the documentary is this? Because I feel like you're giving away. Of... Um, uh,
2: it's pro- probably probably up to like part part one. Okay. Um, okay. but yeah, Seems it's, like it goes along a lot of places. There, this it's just a wild story, and it it happens over ten years. The guy, Yorick uh, Larson, has a wife and kids who don't know anything about this. They think he's just like wow. unemployed uh, but he goes off on these trips sometimes but he doesn't, they don't realise he's going off to like a bunker in North Korea to decide whereabouts they're going to put this weapons factory. Yeah it's a really interesting watch and it's sort it's one of those, because th- it's all filmed as well and basically the reason how they could get away with filming all these different talks with all these North Korean uh, politicians and Sort of generals and stuff was that they were doing it for propaganda for North Korea for like this friendship association to basically show to other people uh, the the types of things they could do. How long what is that? it? It's about two hours, maybe a little longer. Both okay. parts, is yeah, it both like, parts. So it's like four four hours in total. Or is it like no, no, it's, about, it's I think it's about two and a half hours uh, with both both
1: the parts. It's not bad. I'm going to so watch that's that. That's very interesting.
0: I lo- I love anything. Well, I went through a big phase where I was like obsessed with North Korea for quite a while. Um, I'm yeah, I'm definitely going to watch this 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 documentary. This sounds really cool. Uh, well, really interesting. Is it? I mean, we're talking about po- documentaries. I've also got a documentary to talk about. Go on then. I don't I don't know if you guys have watched this because it was a big it was a bit of a big thing a couple of weeks ago. It's um the documentary uh, David Attenborough: A Life on Our Planet. So mm-hmm. this is the Netflix documentary. Have you guys heard about this at all?
2: Yeah, I've seen yeah. some adverts on Netflix, but I don't know much.
0: I'll just give you a bit of a So, like, I mean, I, I I usually will watch anything David Attenborough has done because it's just they're all usually incredible documentaries. Obviously, like you know, Planet Earth, and uh, you know, Blue Planet, Planet Earth Two, and all that sort of stuff. Like it's just, I mean, they're always impeccable aren't they and they're, they're, they have these amazing storylines of like somehow discover through filming you know thousands of hours in the, in the wild and uh usually just like absolutely stunning so i saw this come up and i thought i don't really want to watch this because it, it didn't sound like it was going to be a, a, a wilder documentary it sounded like it's about climate change really and about the history of the last like hundred years of the climate and I knew a bit about it before watching it, and I thought was it was just a bit like, oh, I don't really want, it's going to be really depressing and really, like, I just don't know if I want to watch it because it's just going to be so hard to watch. You know, it's one of those things, like, it's just, I want to watch it because I know it's going to be good, but I also, like, when you're just sitting down, you know, it's about a long day and you just want to watch something fun, you don't really want to think too hard. Um, so I've been putting well, it like off... a of, back, put on your slippers and watch The Green Mile. Exactly. Green Mile. Perfect. But yeah. Exactly what I'm about. <laughs> but yeah, so like, I've been putting it off for a few weeks. Uh, and Mel's been saying, I really want to watch this. So eventually, the other night, Mel was like, right, we're going to watch it. And I was like, uh, okay, fine, I'll we'll put it on. And uh, it's, I'll start off saying it's an incredible documentary. Obviously, you would expect that to be from uh, something that David Adams has done, but it is really, really good. Amazing. So basically, the premise, the documentary is it's just like a brief history of, climate change for the recent climate change it's sort of told from David Attenborough's perspective and is that sort of his life so it starts off with um, talking about what the climate was like the population was like and the emissions were like when he was a child growing up and sort of what the natural world was like when he first was growing up and it goes through different parts of his life and obviously they use a lot of the old documentary footage that they shot that they shot you know, when he was in his 20s and 30s and 40s and stuff and I mean, he's 94 now, so you see, it's, it's quite a long period of time to talk about the the climate. And it basically just, it's not really a nature doc. I was kind of expecting it to be a nature doc a little bit as well, but it's not really a nature doc at all. It's just a slap in the face, basically. From his point of view, it seems to be like he could easily just retire or do nothing about it because, you know, he's done enough in his life and he's like he's an old guy now, like he probably doesn't want to have to keep making these documentaries and. Pushing, you know, and telling people like the problem we're gonna run, run we're running into, but he feels like he he needs to, and it's his it's his like sort of vocation to. He talks you through climate in the past, sort of the seventies, eighties, current climate, and then they sort of go into okay, what's gonna happen next, and that's where you think, oh no, this is it's gonna be so depressing, and it is. They don't paint a very good picture, I'll be honest. But that, but what I was happy about it was it wasn't just doom and gloom. There was like some practical. Here are things that we can do right now. Um, here are things that you know, everyone you know, individuals can do. That isn't just, oh, I need to wait for Boris Johnson to make a decision. It's stuff you can do yourself. They, they explain a lot of stuff with like infographics and make and they talk. You know, they, it gives a lot of like examples of different like like life cycles in the in the wildlife work and. One of the things I thought was really interesting, I was talking about vegetarian. Uh, and meat eaters and about obviously if people stopped eating meat and that's pretty common knowledge now if people stopped eating meat then there'd be less need for you know the agriculture to make you know to make the meat so then you'd free up tons of land that they used for growing you know chickens and whatever but what was interesting was he was saying like in the wild the reason why there's hardly any predators around comparison comparison to the uh, prey is because it, it, it means it take, takes so much energy to keep someone going and you, you basically need to kill so many animals to keep yourself going to be able to like be a predator like it's you it can't be many of them whereas we've figured out a way of making everyone a predator and to sustain that we have to have this like huge economy going into it anyway it was really well explained and it really made me think a lot about um, my lifestyle and what i could Actively do to to make a change. I mean, I'm not going to go into a whole thing about oh, I'm. It's not changed my life yet, but it's definitely made me reconsider a lot of my actions I'm doing. Um, and I'd I really, really recommend watching it.
1: I feel so bad. Like there's maybe like oh, I love sci-fi, and then you two are watching that like, very like, you know, informative, important. You Know educational things, I suppose, isn't that the way though? You guys always watch your documentaries, and I'm there like, Oh, I love, like, uh, um, I
0: feel so much more, shooty,
1: space stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel so much smarter than you, Aaron, you and your
2: bloody sci fi. What's that yeah. teaching? Yeah. Oh, yeah, your
0: pew pews. <laughs> um, so I have some feedback from the last episode,
1: excellent. Uh, it was probably from... like, Well done on your film choice, Aaron.
0: Uh, I'll so. So, so Mel listened to the podcast and she was upset at me. I'll just read it out. I'll read it out. I read it out. Uh, I did not say that Aaron chose awful movies. If anything, Johnny does. Ha <laughs> ha. Kidding. Anyway, I enjoyed this week's movie. Well done, Aunt. Best regards, Mel. So that was she saying she enjoyed this week's that I've picked. But basically, yeah, basically I misquoted her and said that. Gosh. So
1: Heather and I were having this little chat afterwards so there was your listeners to it and and i was like talking about it and i i don't remember you saying specifically that like mel didn't like all my film choices but then like we went back and we were trying to think of like what films i i chose and i was like like was it this one or was it this one or maybe it was fifth element maybe like she just really didn't like fifth element and i get that and Heather was like well i get that because that film which she didn't enjoy it either and we were like I was like going through it and then I was like But Johnny's choices of films no, are like yeah. completely that, whack. Like so, so how am it, I the one that's <laughs> getting like So
0: the the one that Mel brought up many times when we talked well not many times, but the few times we talked about it was Fitzkaida. Um not that one, the one we actually watched. What's it called? A Gear of Wrath of God. A Gear of Wrath of yeah. God, that's the one, uh, yes. Oh. So she was like that that one was, was awful. But she said she said it was a more general thing. She wasn't picking on anyone. So, uh,
1: I mean, the Hocus Pocus yeah. sucked though. So Mal, you're on the money. <laughs> yeah,
0: that 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 was sort of where it came from originally, wasn't it? So yeah. Anyway, but I picked a good one this week, apparently. So uh, I guess we'll talk about that later. Shall we get on to the next segment, which is
1: yeah, the movie wager. The Movie the Movie Wager. Movie I don't know why I keep waiter. doing like... Oh, yeah. Sounds, that's way more appropriate. It should sound like Mortal combat, should shouldn't it?
0: again so Do it again so we can... You know, we can use movie the theme. Wager. Ooh.
1: That was crazy. great. So, now Let's play Mortal Kombat. <laughs>
0: Fight. <laughs> um, okay. So, I'll just explain the rules for anyone who hasn't, who hasn't heard it before. Uh, so, the rules of this game are... I will ask one of you to name the movies that this actor has starred in. You can have a moment to think of it, think it through and then you can wager how many films you can guess. Then the other person can either try and beat that amount or let you attempt to make your guesses. If you guess correctly, then you get you gain a point. and if you guess incorrectly or you don't get as many as you want, then the other person gains a point. Uh, movie franchises only count as one. Mm-hmm. And please, no cheating. No looking it up.
1: I'll trust you. But you so can all see us this, this week. So you yes, can see I can see your beautiful timing. faces.
0: So, do you have some paper in front of you? Or anything you want to write down? Yeah, I've got
1: uh, a paper. Okay. Um, okay. Before we begin, can I just like... like um, again, we didn't apologize last week for how colossally bad Johnny and I are at this game. And I know that some of you are probably out there screaming... Being like, mm, I could guess more than that. Well, guess what? You're not. So, it's so hard when you're under this pressure. Yeah. Right. You you're don't know. Under what, you don't understand the pressure. And just, you know, he says these names and your mind goes blank. And you're like, you know, maybe three or four days afterwards, you're sat in your bed being like, I could have guessed this one. Or I could have guessed this one. Or I could have guessed this film.
0: Right. So this week, we're going to do it slightly differently. Mm-hmm. I am going to actually send a picture of the the actor, because I think that will help uh, to make sure that you you can visualise who they are.
1: I feel like this week you're going to choose like John Cena. Come
0: <laughs> okay, first one. Open that image up. The first actor we're going to talk about is save it, <laughs> Dwayne. Oh that's so funny. Johnson. That is so
1: funny that um... So
0: let's start with whose
1: birthday was it last? Johnny's. Yeah. It was just July.
0: Right, let's go with Johnny then. You go first, Johnny. Uh I want you to quickly think how many films you can name of Dewey and the Rock Johnsons and then inform us please
2: um okay can i have can i have a minute
0: yeah we'll give you a couple of
2: seconds seconds gosh
1: oh I just look at just look at his little cheeky little face okay well you can see, you
0: see the little cogs turning <laughs> in his brain it's like oh no i'm on about to... i'm on about oh, Dr- duane <laughs> <laughs> i'm just <laughs> looking at that picture of Dwayne. Oh, just right, like taking up sounds... my entire screen
1: look at him just beautiful <laughs>
0: I was talking about Johnny's beautiful face and his little cogs moving in his head, trying to desperately remember the all the films he's been in. Right, Johnny, I'm gonna have to press you for press you for a number.
2: Okay, I'm gonna go for
1: three. Oh, three. Can we wait, are we allowed like T V programmes? No. Films. Oh,
0: this, this, is movie be- uh, this is the movie quest. This uh, is the movie quest. Aaron. Uh can you beat three? Come on. Come on. You didn't have a go last time, have a go.
1: Nah, cause uh right, okay, yeah, yeah, you know what, you have four. I can uh, whatever, four.
0: Right, Aaron, you go for it. Four.
1: Right. You ready?
0: Go get yeah, go for it.
1: Uh fast and furious the franchise, yes. we'll just say. Well we'll say Fine. like Fast and Furious five.
0: Yep. Fast and Furious.
1: Uh is he in the Tooth Fairy.
2: <laughs> the Tooth
1: Fairy. He is in the Tooth Fairy. Good oh, pull. That's... Good pull. Right. Now, Hobson Shaw isn't a Fast and Furious film.
0: No, it's in the Fast and Furious franchise, <sighs> I'm gonna say. So I'm not gonna allow that.
1: He's in a TV programme called The Ballers. It's
0: a TV programme, it's not a movie.
1: And there's a film, I think it's called Fast that he's in.
0: He is in a film called Fast. Now you need one more, Aaron.
1: Oh, so wait, so I haven't I've got three, don't I? There. Yeah. Mm. One more
0: you need to get a point. Come on, Aaron. The, the listeners get, are shouting me, at this. You,
1: you want to let me have ballers? Is he in like a WWE film? WWE. Aaron, come on. He's in what?
0: 228 movies. You've got yeah, they're 18. all probably WWE films. Right. Okay, Aaron, you, I'm going to give you another five seconds and then that's it. Um, you've lost the point.
1: No, I got it. Brain's oh. gone. Aaron, 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 Aaron. I can't believe you've won the Ar- movie. Johnny
0: gets the point. We've talked about one of his films on our podcast, Aaron. Jumanji. You picked it.
1: Oh yeah, Jumanji. Is that what you? What did you have, Johnny? Uh, I had
2: Jumanji, Jumanji, Fast and Furious, and The Mummy. Oh, The Mummy. Um, Smart. And I'm not sure. I, I don't know if he was in the most recent Baywatch film with Zac Efron. He was, yeah, Baywatch, yeah.
0: And he also played Maui in Moana. Yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, San Andreas, you know, the one about...
2: Oh, yeah. The San Andreas uh, fault. Yeah, yeah.
0: About the earthquake. He was in Fighting With My Family. Oh, uh, yeah.
2: I, I need to
1: watch film. that. I really need to see that film. Yeah.
0: Anyway, he's in a lot of stuff, so poo-poo, Aaron. Not getting that, but hey-ho. When the pressure's on, it gets, gets, gets tough. Right, so we'll go with you again, Aaron, because it's now your turn. I'm gonna post the picture in the chat. The next actor in our list is Margot Robbie.
1: Yeah, just give me a minute.
0: Margot Robbie. What do you reckon, Johnny? Do you think he's gonna gonna be able to smash this? I'm not sure. <laughs> My brain. She's been in.
1: So. Where's she from? Australia.
0: She's yeah, she's from Australia. Well, I think she was on. I think she started off on Neighbours, didn't she? Neighbours that, that do doesn't think, count cause that's a TV show
2: don't think they've done Neighbours the film
1: I could definitely do three
0: yeah it was Neighbours she was in 699 episodes
1: whoa flipping <laughs> <That's been
0: it. laughs> heck that is a lot of episodes of a show okay you can do how many Aaron
2: three three Johnny can yeah. beat three I, I've got three as
0: well are you going to go for four trying to get the point or are you going to let Aaron do the three and get the point um. Well, sure. I don't. <laughs> I only know three. <laughs> are you going to try? Are you, you going to let him take it? That's um. Positive. I mean, I mean, I can try. I can try. Just to recap for the people who don't remember, last week, Aaron won, I mean Aaron didn't even try at anything. Johnny nope. just kept on trying and kept on not getting the films. So it's up to, it's up to Johnny. Johnny. Johnny's choice here. I mean, if Aaron
2: said three, then <laughs> I'll go for four. Yeah. going for it. Well yes, yes. For he's four. risking
0: it. He's risking it. Great.
2: Yeah, but if Aaron gets to three, I'll lose anyway. Exactly. That's true. What's so I may as well go so... for it. Okay, so the three that Aaron have got is Wolf of Wall Street. Uh huh. Yes. Atonya. Yeah. And Suicide Squad. Yep. And I'm going to go for... Avengers. <laughs> there were so Avengers? many people in that. Surely
0: she was in it. Says, surely she in was. In, there were so Avengers? many
2: people in that film.
1: Nice. Nah, nice. No, in that.
0: Johnny, no. Oh. Yeah, Suicide
1: Squad is a DC film, so they'll probably have her locked into that contract, mate.
0: She was in a film that we watched and talked about on this program again. She was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, uh, that was the one. Yep. She's also in the Big shot She was in Focus. She was the uh, friend in About Time that we watched not not not, not long ago. Remember? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. So
1: is she in um, Australia? The film? I know there's a film about Australia. It's um, called Australia.
0: She's not in Australia. She's in Australian Psycho apparently. <laughs> Whatever well, that is? Or oh, no. oh, is that like that's a TV show? I think.
1: So is it one one? 1-1, one,
0: one, one. One. And it's down Johnny's turn. So Johnny. Okay. The next. Person is Vin Diesel Vin Diesel yes
2: oh gravel mouth himself
0: oh he's looking old now he's looking old Vin Diesel getting on right, I'll give you a few seconds time to have a think right Johnny right I think I've got three three Aaron can you beat three I, it's like, come on! You can't think of more than three films that Vin Diesel's been in.
1: Right, hold on. Yeah, but the problem is, right, Johnny? You've I know two that you've got that are part of a franchise. Can't, you can't have both of them. That the two that you're thinking of. You can't have. Mate, they're not part of the same franchise.
0: Mate, just can you beat Johnny? Uh, give me, give it, give us a yes or no on that.
1: Yes, I can beat Johnny. I can't right, beat going you, but I'm going to beat him. He's
0: going for it. Let's hear the, the, the cogs in Aaron's brain tick now.
1: Right, here we go. This is it. I'm not going to be able to get this. Right, so he's in Fast and Furious. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's in Pitch Black. Yes. Slash Con- Chronicles of Riddick. Uh Is he in a Dungeons and Dragons film?
0: No, <laughs> you he's can't not. can't just say Dungeons and Dragons. No, oh, yeah, not, yeah, yeah, I, I, Is Aaron, he in a film called... No, is he, Aaron, 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 Aaron. You said, "Is he in Dungeons and Dragons?" He's not. That means you've lost. You got you named it incorrectly. Your point goes Wait. So
1: if you if you name a film that is not in, then you just lose. Because I've got I've got I've got Witch Hunt. If you guess correctly, the Witcher points.
0: If you if if not, then the other person gains a point. So you got you didn't guess correctly. You lose the point. I'm sorry to say, Aaron.
1: What's the film? Was the dungeon film that is in a dragon film that he's in?
0: I have no idea.
1: I can't remember it's, like it's one where he's got like a big sword what did you have Johnny? Uh, <laughs> I've just googled it the one that
2: I had which I thought he was in he wasn't in uh, Gone in 60 Seconds that's got Nicholas Cage in it <laughs> yeah
0: uh, class well if Johnny would have been if Johnny would have guessed Avengers probably and he would have been right as well because he would have been Groot
1: oh yeah it's Groot oh uh, yeah that's gonna kind of annoy me though. That that that. Uh, so tr-
0: Triple X, who was in that? Oh yeah. He was, yeah, yeah. He was in Saving Private Ryan. He,
1: he
0: was it? a yeah. He was he was in, Ralph breaks Wheel- internet apparently.
1: Wheelman. Uh,
2: so I'm just going through.
1: Oh, you know what? Right, I've got I've got Witch Hunt right as a name, and he was in the film called The Last Witch Witch Hunter. I knew I was close. I oh, would he give you that one. Would you? Yeah. yeah. Oh. He was He was also
0: in the Iron Giant. He played the voice of the Iron Giant.
1: Man, that sucks. I was so close. I was like, Dungeons & Dragons, Witch Hunt, The Witcher. It's one of those three. It's definitely something to do with that. Um, and then Pitch Black. Right. So
0: that's two points to Johnny, one point to Aaron. Hooray! So, so, so does that mean... He... One more, and he wins. Oh, right, okay. So, the next next person, Johnny. Mili Djokovic. Yeah. Hmm. This is Johnny to Johnny's to start off to give his uh his wager. <laughs> How
1: many films could you guess about Oh uh,
0: I think just if I was guessing, I think I could do two. Yeah, I know. I know I could do two. Maybe
1: three. I could do three probably. I think I've got a third, but I feel like it's not her and I'm gonna be dead, dead wrong.
0: Right. Johnny, can you give us a number? Um
2: I can give you a number. I'm just thinking which number it should (laughs) be. I can certainly give you one.
0: Mm. (laughs) One.
2: (laughs) I'd hope so. Um The second one's just not coming to me.
0: Right, so you got Um, one?
1: I could do two. Definitely two. I guess Aaron goes for them. Give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. Right, you've got fifth element.
0: Correct. (sighs)
1: Uh, and you've got uh, sorry, Fifth Element and Resident Evil.
0: Yes. Also, wait, wasn't she in? She was in a vampire one. Was she Underworld? Was that something else? I'll yeah, see, that's. See, I was nah, thinking of something nah, else. I nah, was thinking a, of.
1: No, she's not. she's
0: not. No, she's not in Underworld. She. So. Nah. No. That was um, the British lady, or, I think English lady, Kate. Someone. Kate Beckinsale. Yeah, Kate Beckinsale.
1: Yeah. Uh, is she in Run Lola, Ru- Run Lola Run? No, probably not. No, okay. I, I I I wasn't sure. Wait, does that mean we're at equal points now? Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, I mean, there's
2: not a lot of
0: films. Hellboy. Ultraviolet. Oh, I she's
1: in know. Hellboy.
0: Ultraviolet, yeah, I remember that? Yeah. Zoolander. I mean, she's really, it's it's fifth element and Resident Evil, the main one. Yeah, they're they're
1: they're right. the two. She's been on loads of right, Resi films as well.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. pretty much all. I think didn't she marry the director of the, of the Resident Evil films? Did she? She's yeah, so she was just in them. May what? as well. Yeah. She <laughs> spent so much time together. Right, yeah. so it's now Aaron, and this is the match point. Whoever gets this, it's a match point. will win this this week's. <sighs> Man, movie wager. that's difficult. Right, so. The next actor we're going to talk about. This one, I think, is maybe a bit of a tricky one as well. They're uh, maybe a bit bigger bigger in the 80s, I think. So, the next actor we're going to talk about is Robert Downey Jr. Mm. Got
1: one. I've definitely... Mm, it's really annoying because one of the films that he's done links with another one, but they weren't really part of the same franchise until they made it part of the same franchise.
0: Right, come on, Aaron. You got
1: a. I've got two. Got two. Got two. I can do two.
0: This actor has done
1: a lot of films. Yeah, he's done a lot of films. Um. Johnny, can you beat two? I mean, I'll go for it. Go on then. Right. You got, got to, you got you got three, mate. How okay. So Iron Man, correct. Avengers doesn't count. count. No, why? No, 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 no. Because that's not fair. No, wait, 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 wait. Because that's not fair. Because the reason I didn't go is because I the things I I literally just said. It's
0: part of the same franchise. No, it's not. What? How's it part of the same franchise? It's part of the same universe. He plays Iron Man in in both films. I think it's part of the same franchise.
2: I, I really don't think it's part of the same franchise. No, nah,
1: I literally said before we began. He plays
2: Iron Man me. in one. He plays Tony Stark in another.
0: I'm I, I'm the I'm the judge. I'm gonna say, <laughs> what he plays Iron Man in one and Tony Stark in the other. No, he's, I am Iron Man at the end of the film. No, I'm the judge. It's the same film franchise. That's it. So you got your one. I
2: nobody even. It's not Avengers. It, sound, it sounds quite a lot different to Iron Man, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, it does sound like a lot different, but it's, it's the not same. like Iron Man one or two or three. So I mean, Marvel. If
0: it's Marvel's Iron Man and it's Marvel's Avengers. So,
2: all oh, right, okay. So I'm so I'm currently still on one. Come on, you got to think of
0: another film that Rob Downey has been in. Uh,
2: Legally Blonde. No.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Come on.
1: You guys, you can't. I've got, I've got no, i I'd tell you the second film. I feel you, you can. The second film, Scanner Darkly.
0: Yes, I think he's in that, isn't he? He is. Uh, okay, some other films he's in Kick Sis Band Bang. Oh, yeah, yeah. Zodiac. Oh,
2: oh, crap. I watched that recently as well.
0: Tropic Thunder. Oh, yeah. Sherlock Holmes. And then recently he was um, he was uh, the judge, that's fairly recent. And Doolittle, the you um, played Doctor Doolittle. Anyway, natural born killers. So Aaron again, I think you take it. So that's two nil to Aaron.
1: That's right, Johnny. And I think that we've done a maximum of like maybe three films per actor. It shows our skills. We're bad at this.
0: I really want to go. I really want to have a go. I want to know what it feels like. One week,
1: one week. We'll quiz you, and then, yeah. and then. Um, yeah, we'll
0: quiz you, Anne. Right, I think we can talk about the first installment of our animated series, Spider-Man: Into the Spider-Verse. Let's transition there now. Whew. Right, we're here. We're here to talk all about Spider-Man. Into the Spider Verse, which is my pick for the best animated film there's ever been. I put that out there. Um, that that was my choice for the for the, to be best animated film that, in the West. I want to get that number one spot on the list, so I'm going for the big dog straight away. Um, the re- only he- the reason why I was hesitant to choose it was because it was so recent, and we talked about it fairly recently. Um, obviously, it's, you know, came out in two thousand eighteen. So like it's still quite fresh, but I think it's just long enough now where it is you know, if it was a film that came out you know a few months ago, I wouldn't have I wouldn't I wouldn't say it should be, should be in the in the list yet. But um, so I'll just give you a quick synopsis. So Miles Morales is juggling his life between being a high school student and being Spider-Man. When Wilson Kingpin Fisk uses a super collider. Others from across the Spider-Verse are transported into this dimension. So uh, the film was directed by three directors, which isn't too uncommon uh, with animated films, just because of how long they take and how large they are. Uh, There's Bob Pachetti, Peter Ramsey, and Rodney Rotham. The cast, Aaron, do you have the cast there? I have the cast. the main hitters?
1: Yeah, and... I'm just going to take the opportunity to just talk about other films that they're in because I feel like it's worth mentioning. Um, so, Miles Morales is Shemek uh, Murr. He who is also in a really good film called Dope. So, oh, go yeah, watch I that. that yeah. uh, Jake Johnson is Peter B. Parker. And he is in New Girl, which is also great. Uh, Haley Steinfeld is in Gwen Stacy. And she's in the good Transformers film, the Bumblebee. Oh, Bumblebee the only good one. Yeah. Uh, mahir Shala Ali is uncle Aaron and he is in so many good films but moonlight is probably his best mm-hmm. one um Brian Terry Henry is in Atlanta which is an amazing TV program probably one of the best so we we'll go see that uh then you've got like Zoe Kravitz, Zo Tomlin um, Kamiko Glenn Nicholas Cage Chris Pine so there's,
0: a, there's a lot of people I mean like with a lot of the animated films they're usually pack them with like well-known actors don't they well, um, I wouldn't.
1: I wouldn't say Shamik Moore is a pretty big actor. I mean,
0: sorry, but I mean like the rest of the cast. You have got John Mulaney. You got Nicolas Cage. You got like yeah, John Mulaney. Like You got a lot of fairly big, well-known people there. They usually try and pack them in, don't they? But I think that that, that yeah, they did a good job with the cast for this film. Definitely. They did,
1: didn't they? They did. I think like racially as well. Like it's on. It's just so good to see a lot like a big diverse cast. Yeah, Damn so I guess a... the
0: the first the first thing I wanted to talk about was the characters. That's the f- that's literally the first thing on my list of bullet points of like when I was doing my notes of the film. The first thing on my on my list was the characters are so well written, especially the father and son relationship. Oh, like that that dynamic oh. is just like seems pivotal throughout the whole film. Really, well, it's like him and his dad and him and his uncle. Like it's just such a um, and him and and him in like his role models. I guess like that's like yeah, the main yeah, sort yeah. Of part of the film is like. Try, he's trying to figure out who his role model should be, and he's obviously at the start. He's uh, very much like looks up to his uncle, um, as the, as the guy he wants to be. He wants to follow. But yeah, I mean, like, yeah, like character wise, obviously, there's a lot of characters in this film. We can't talk about all of them, but is there any like any uh, characters that stood out to you, or that were particularly uh, fitted in well with the film? And
1: so, J J Johnson, um, New Girl, Nick from New Girl. It really felt like he was the perfect fit for the sloppy Spider-Man. Like, he's funny, very funny. Sort and of his out, Nick... out
0: of shape, sort of, uh, <laughs> bit of, a, bit of a bit of a loser spider which yeah. is pretty hilarious to see that.
1: He gets a lot of, like, good jokes in there. Um, uh, but I think, yeah, the, I think the three standout characters for me are, are Miles, his dad, and Uncle Aaron. Because that, that triangle that sort of is running throughout the film, like, emotionally just ties you quite, I don't know, like, it just, it's just done so well, like, that sort of father, son, or uncle type thing. And, like, emotionally, I was very, very invested from, you know, the second they get and that, that. They build that, that family vibe, you know, at the start, before he goes to school. Yeah, because obviously, really you don't, well.
0: watching it a second time, you see, obviously, you know... Who, the, who people are and you know, what the reveals are. But watching it the first time, the reveal of the Prowler was Big. excellently done. Um, and it just, again, like, it gives that... that it could I mean, they could have easily made the Prowler just a bad guy and it would have been fine, I suppose. But the fact that he's, you're invested in the characters and their dynamic and knowing, like, what, what this does to their family and... Yeah, it's just, like, it really does... Um, it really does add a lot more to the film, which could have easily been missed.
1: Yeah. You know, I also think, like, as well, like, and then this is, it runs, like, a theme that sort of runs throughout, but, like, um, the guys, like, the team who obviously made the film did a ton of research on Miles, Peter Parker, basically all of, like, the different characters that. You mean, sort of you mean come from up. their comic books? You mean? Yeah, from like the the comic their, their books, history, yeah. right, yeah. Just, these just these that, are all though.
0: established. These are all established characters out there, really, from the books and the comic books. They've so all, they've all, they've pulled them all from different actual comic books. Even uh, Peter Parker uh, is, oh, Spider sp- Spider Ham. Like spider-ham. even even he is actually from a comic book, which is you know very obscure one apparently, but it it actually is from. The,
1: but even like the you scenes. know the jokes as well that they're coming up with, like um, they're part of the movie franchises. Like they pull ev- like everything, yeah. everything in. I think to this one film, and like they nail it time and time again with each character. Like they nail like little jokes or one-liners or like little scenes, um, and it really helps you to familiarize your audience with the characters because like you know when he's walking down and he saying, "Oh, there was that one time where I did that stupid dance or whatever yeah, and yeah, that didn't go down so well." Everyone yeah. knows, "Oh, that was this person," or like it's just you a know, call back
0: to like making fun of making fun of themselves of like a bad film with *Finding three well. Bad sequence in a bad film yeah fan-free. it was good to see that like straight away it's like breaks the fourth dimension talking about all the sort of tv shows and the restaurants and all that sort of stuff around spider-man that any you know i think he talks about like he did like a, a, a christmas song and all that sort. all of so he just like just kind of poke them poking fun at the franchise as well it's quite good to see um johnny how about you was there any like characters that really stuck to you or just in, was it just a uh thing? i
2: mean like I, I don't really watch that many superhero things really like i remember like i think i went to see the second avengers end film without seeing the first so like <laughs> i don't really know much about spider-man but kingpin i thought was a really interesting bad guy yeah. just the way that that character was developed. his heads basically in the middle of his chest he's that massive yeah. um so dramatic yeah. yeah i just he is a I unit i think the way that he is drawn uh, or created however however it's done is really unique and like when he's on the screen, it also just gives you that, fills...
0: that physicality of the characters, well, is not it? Like you're seeing like that reflected in the ca- in the character and the and the you know the uh, the visuals. Yeah, thing.
2: definitely. Like um, you definitely like when he's when he's on the screen, he just fills the whole screen, and um, yeah, it's just really impactful. Like all the people, like when he's when uh, he walks through the computer room and all the scientists are there trying to get this uh, device up and running. You can just see his shadow coming over all the desks and all the all the people who are on the computers and stuff. Just like whoa, what is this guy?
0: Did you guys watch the the cartoon series growing up? Because I never I never read the comics yeah. really. I just read, oh my only like relationship with Spider Man was the cartoon series, which I loved on Saturday morning. Yeah, great cartoon yeah. series. And then, oh. and then the the films, obviously. Yeah. So like, for me, when I, when I first I mean obviously this film to me like the impact they make straight away is fat is great. But if you were to tell me, without me seeing the film, oh, the main bad guy is Kingpin, I would have been like, oh, well. In the series, in the I would think back to the cartoon series and think, oh, he wasn't that particularly a good character. In that it was just a bad guy, liked money, and it was like, oh, okay. But the fact, the way that they tied him in, like, and made his character believable, like he's 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 like doing all this destruction and wanting to you know. Create havoc with the sort of realities because he's lost his. His um, his his family, and he wants to bring them back, and it's like that 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 sort of stuff really makes you makes the character even more believable. Mm-hmm. If, even though it's such a ridiculous, like the way he looks is so over the top, but it sort of fits yeah. with the uh, with the character. There's a, lo- yeah. a lot of baddies
2: in films who don't necessarily have a great just cause as to like why they're doing the things that they're doing, and you, you can sort of get behind kingpin in a way and be like oh yeah i could see i could see why you're doing it i don't necessarily agree with it but it just makes it more believable as a bad guy um yeah not that
1: i know a heck of a lot about kingpin
2: besides what i've seen in this film did,
1: have you did, so you guys never watched the uh, daredevil netflix series then
0: no is he, is, he, is he main bad guy in that yeah yeah
1: and his like wife features in it um and like I think you, would, if you guys had seen that, if you do watch it, you'd get a real, um, I don't know, like you'd get you'd you'd see how the the fisk the fisk in this film isn't too dissimilar from the the, the fisk in the TV show ish 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 ish. I just want to um,
0: mention something that you talked about before, Johnny. You said um, that you don't normally, you know, I'm not big into into superhero films, so you don't know a lot about the different, you know, different characters and stuff in them but like fair to me like this doesn't I feel like one of the reasons why this popped off and everyone loved it so much was it it's doing its own thing really it's not really anything like a lot of the superhero films that have come out in the last 10-15 years like they all f- kind of felt that they sort of followed a very similar formula and it seems like the ones that go off and do something really different Sort of usually people really like like that, and it sort of like you know um, gives a bit of a spark of some some sort of newness to them. So for example, like I guess like Thor, Ragnarok, which springs to mind, or something different, or Guardians of Galaxy, a bit different to a lot of the other sort of standard superhero films, because I guess they've done so many, they need to start you know reinventing it a little bit. Whereas this to me, it is a yeah it is a superhero film, but it doesn't doesn't seem like it has a lot of the same beats. It feels. Very like fluid and so different to how a lot of other it and it the way it breaks the f- the fourth wall and like how like it plays with yeah um, you know the visual style as well as all the characters coming in and like all the little segments it just it feels very like it plays around with a lot a lot with the sort of standard um superhero format and also like just does its own thing completely it has its own vibe completely mm. which I really like I feel like it's quite accessible is isn't about a lot it? Of the... it's
2: like yeah yeah. Some of the superhero films that have come out, like I feel like if I jumped into some of the, you know, some of the films as a one-off, I'd be completely lost with some of the the Marvel stuff. Potentially, if I jumped in on a random film, um, you know, I just wouldn't really know what's going on. But with this one, obviously, it's the first one in what might potentially be a series. Uh, yeah, it's really accessible. I I was gonna intend to watch it with Sarah because I th- I thought she would probably enjoy it, but it didn't work out. But you know, I think it's something that um, anyone can enjoy, really.
1: I think I think the film is very self-aware of itself, and I think that that makes it what it is. Like it about the comics, it knows what it's doing, and it knows when it's breaking the fourth wall. And I don't know, like the the writers just need to you know stand up and take a bow because. Like, but them and obviously the visual team, and well, what just the yeah. whole the whole team? I wonder um, why
0: it's like it feels like it's a, a specifically animated films it seems to be written a lot better. I don't know why that is. Like, if you think about like even some like Wallace and Gromit or something. I'm not talking about like necessarily the dialogue, but everything that's on that screen. I, I guess it's because it costs so much to do to actually go and like create. Um, well, it's probably a few things. It's probably part of it is It costs so much to actually make the film because it, they actually have to go and make every single you know frame. They have to go there, and shoot it, and that be you know, that be it. That they they have to know exactly what they're gonna make. Like everything probably has to be completely concepted out and know mm-hmm. exactly what the film's gonna be all the way through, and then they can tweak it and adjust it, and then sort of edit it on the fly, so they get this perfect um, mm-hmm. because they have to show up somewhere. Not that most film. I know a lot of film storyboards and stuff, but I don't think i wonder if it's they have to do a storyboard and like and figure out exactly what's going to happen which helps them just get the story so tight and the dialogue so tight and they can get everything everything's like every beat and every little bit of dialogue it's got a little visual joke or like something's happening on the screen constantly where you constantly like it's almost a, it's almost a little too much sometimes it's just like it's just a bit too much overwhelming at points uh but do you, do you know what i mean I'm talking, I'm talking rubbish like
1: no 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 I, you know i think like the second time because obviously the first time I came out and I was like, oh my goodness what have I just seen, that was incredible and Heather felt exactly the same way and you saw, as you said, you're really overwhelmed visually Um, you're really overwhelmed story wise Uh, there's just a lot happening in this this film in particular and then upon a second time round it was nice because it allowed, I'm sure you guys are the same but it allowed me to sit back and just take a beat and just like enjoy the colors that were on screen maybe because i knew a bit more about some of the random stuff about because i'd obviously gone away and done some research like you know particularly the cafeteria scene in the lab where they run through and um all the doctors see and they all pull their guns out but on one specific table there's a girl who just looks up and goes oh gosh and goes back to eating her food again (laughs) so like she's like this one person in this one moment or like um you know like in the final bit where the whole room is just like electrified with color Obviously, when I watched it the first time, I was like, concentrating on the story and like looking at the characters, but the, this time round, I was just looking at how each color blended into each other and which bits were moving, which bits were staying still, and it felt very... I don't know. It was just a completely different experience, and it, I think you're right, is what I'm trying to say, is you, you're right on the money, in my opinion. Um, it can be a very overwhelming film in a good way, but I think you need to... I, it benefits from two watches, maybe multiple, because... Mm-hmm. Heather said the comment, she said, as soon as we finished it, she was like, I could watch that tomorrow and I bet you I would still be getting, like, you know, my mind yeah, would still it's be It's one of those blown. films
0: that you watch at cinema or whatever, and you want to watch it again straight away. You want to... Like, I, I've watched it four times now, I think. Nice. I think... I'm trying to think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure last time I watched it, I watched it and then I watched it again with the commentary. I think at least the first, like, 45 minutes of the commentary and then I might have had to go to bed or whatever. But, like, it's one of those films where... I can watch it and then watch it again straight away if I want to or the next day or whatever because it's just because cause it's not necessarily the, sto- the story is great but it's there's so much more so much of it to appreciate that you can mm. you could you don't really it doesn't matter if you already know what's gonna happen because you can just appreciate the the, the how much of a masterpiece it is in terms of like the visuals and everything, like so. I mean, like some of my, I've got some notes here about the visuals. I don't know. I just
1: yeah. I was gonna say you need to get uh, you'll need to get your nerd, your nerd. Well, there's stuff a couple of things. Chest, I
0: yeah. I I did look into a couple of things. Some things I know I, know, I noticed. Start. So I noticed um how the colors in the film are a lot more muted. uh Up until he comes, he becomes like Spider-Man. Like he's yeah, yeah. He be, gets bitten and then he starts having his transformation. I also noticed that a lot of the sort of the comic book graphic style like all the text and stuff I'm pretty sure and I, I, I want to say this is true but I'm pretty a, a guess I'm pretty sure that most of that wasn't in the film up until he becomes spider-man up until he gets bitten and he becomes he gets all his powers and he starts being able to hear all that because I'm pre- I, I don't seem to remember seeing any of that before then so it's just it's interesting like there's a it's this point before he becomes spider-man Colors a bit more muted, it's a bit more real, sort of uh, realistic or whatever. And then once he becomes Spider-Man, you get this more comic book vibe of like stronger colors, brighter colors, this sort of graphic style coming in more, um, which is, yeah, like really nice way of like punctuating that moment he becomes Spider-Man. And then also when they keep introducing the other (laughs) Spider-People, obviously they have their own styles. But the way that the, the, the way these the colors are changed based on like the sort of like the punctuation points of their of them doing things like you know when they're in like a fighting or whatever and there's like a, a full screen background image that it pops on the, it's usually in the style of what their of what their character is. Um, so like if you notice the Noir bat the Noir Batman obviously it's black and white, but the uh, the dots that make up the the, the prints uh, are much bigger. Which I'm assuming is because like it's supposed to be older, so it's like less, like intricate sort of printing style. Versus like if you look at the futuristic woman, her detail is super fine and really. De- it's just like, yeah, I love that sort of amount of detail they go into. It's like it's great. Uh, I, yeah, really, really loved it. I was I could easily just pause at any point and just like look at look at the frame and figure out all the stuff and stuff that's going on. because It's just, it's gorgeous. Um, it's
1: like I wanna. Just pick on a point that you said like earlier on that you were saying how like you know things change when he becomes Spider Man, and I think they used like this whole, like they use the animation, the music, and like, um like they did somewhat frames per second, didn't they?
0: Yeah. So so when he when when he starts swinging, uh, when they're escaping from Doctor uh, Octo Doc Doc uh out of the science lab, and he's learning to swing up until that point he's always been in 12 frames a second which is uh half of what the rest well what Spider-Man is and what a lot of the other uh, characters are um and as soon as he starts swinging and gets the hang of it and becomes like better in his skill as a Spider-Man pretty much in that in that at that point he's always done he's always animated in 24 which means he's smoother so it's sort of like just I I was like really looking at cuz I I'd, I'd watched the film and I hadn't Obviously, subliminally, I probably noticed it because it's one of those smaller things that they add in. But then, when I watched it again yesterday. I really looked out for it, and you can see actually the point, like where he's like he's jerk, quite jerking, where he's animated, and then as soon as he starts getting it, he just starts, he just starts going smooth, and it's like it's a really nice uh, little visual effect there that they, do, that they do, which is just like, yeah, like it's just probably not that most people wouldn't notice it, but it's just that extra little bit of care and detail they put into it
1: which 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 makes the film you know like you know whatever again it's that whole thing of like um what i said before about uh how they use like you know different sections to like reiterate and enforce these like things that they're saying about characters like about the swinging about like how the movie changes whenever he gets become spider-man and then when he like but he's still trying to struggle and he doesn't really know who he is and there's, like, scenes where, like, they do the same thing where he's, like, looking... You know when they go into, like, Aunt May's house? Um, no, the, the little... sort of the, the spider cave? That's what we'll call yeah, it, the spider the, cave. This, yeah. uh, the first time he's there, he looks at um, the Spider-Man suit, gives it a reflection, and he's sort of, like... it. You know, f- he's looking really nervous. The second time he goes there, when he gets his... You know, where he goes to spray paint his suit, they do the same shot again, but he looks, in there's reflection in the mirror, is more confident. You know, and things like... The scene where you know when he jumps does the leap of faith and he becomes like spider-man oh yeah yeah um and like he says he's, he's falling through the sky and then like you see that sort of beautiful like that's one of the best scenes in the film where they do the the flip where he's like falling in the air but like falling towards the city like like his lace is undone but it's not just that it's like i don't know i like the way that he like loves brooklyn the way that like he's wearing um i think it's jordan's yeah Air jordan's like Everything, everything, everything um, about this film—they took. It feels like they took care about the world visually, about how they built the characters. The whole thing, like, it's just. But I'm, what I'm trying to say is, I know we're supposed to wait till the end. What I'm trying to say is, this is a pretty blooming good film. Um, I would argue to say that it's probably one of my favorite films of all time, probably. Um, and it's an absolute delight to watch, and if there's anyone that's listening to this, like, I would absolutely, you should just go watch it, like, I mean, it's it's not going to be everyone's cup of tea, but for example, like, Heather isn't into Marvel films, so I drag her to watch Marvel films all the time, but she, like, super loves this film, mm. like, just because it gives her something that a lot of other films don't, it doubles down on the art. How many films you know, that we go see, they just don't like, you know, obviously you have like beautiful shots, or if you go see like stop motion stuff, like that's also very pretty, but this is, if you're an artist, or you're interested in like art and visual, like artistic stuff, I think this film would be something that you might enjoy, you might not obviously, but it'd be hard not to, because it's just so striking, and so beautiful.
0: Johnny, how, how did you find it? Did you think it was too much, or like did you go along with it as well? Um,
2: yeah, I mean, it it is a lot when you first start getting into what's what's the big machine called? The collider. It's like a collider. When the collider, when the collider starts sort of... going and stuff starts flying around, it is kind of yeah going into a whirlwind of color at times. But you kind of get used to it as it as it goes on. And I definitely think like we went to see this in the cinema in, in Wakefield.
0: Was it just just before lockdown? I feel like it was. No, it was 2018. So it was. Oh, was it? Was it the year ago?
2: before? Was, oh, right. Yeah, gosh. Yeah, yeah. As well ago. Um, well, yeah, yeah. Well, it was before lockdown technically. Yeah, it uh, was, yeah. Maybe a year before, but um, <laughs> it was such a cool cinema experience. And although like it was nice to watch it on uh, Netflix the other day, I do feel like it's one of those. Films where it definitely benefits from being watched on a massive screen mm. yeah, with agree. like a great big sound totally system. Um,
0: Did you have any issues with the sound? I I had some issues where the way it was mixed, it felt like it was really loud at points, and then the the speaking sections are quite quiet. I, I I just like I kept having to like turn it up and turn it down because it was sort oh, of like yeah, you this, know
1: what? Yeah,
2: it's probably just. It's it's probably a, a more purer way of mixing sound for cinema. So if it's compressed, then you don't get those big hits of loud noise, um, which is it's.
0: That was probably my only down point of it. It was just like uh, it was annoying because I, I, mean, I, I yeah it was just a bit. I mean it might, maybe it's just my setup or whatever, but I just found that a little bit frustrating having to keep going up and down or whatever because it's just like in the talking. It was really quiet, but.
1: I know I always talk about it, but I always like to talk about. How did you find that sweet, sweet soundtrack? Both, because I think there's two aspects, isn't there? There's like the the sort of hip hop Miles Miles soundtrack, which is just like music that he would listen to, and then there's like the other stuff, which is just strings, the thematic, and sort of aerowaves. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like one uh, thing I did I did read about was the music, which I thought was quite interesting. It was a lot of the just—I'm just going to find the exact thing because I want to make sure this is correct. I want to make sure I'm explaining this correct, but uh, that they recorded a lot of the music. So yeah, so yeah, so following the ambitious, ambitious lead of the Spider Verse animation, they developed an equally intricate score. After all the music elements had been recorded, they were all—they were then recorded onto vinyl, and then rescratched into the mix. By Robin. a uh, DMC World Scratch Champion DJ Great. guy, Great. So, like that. That I saw that and I was like, well, that's going some distance to make it feel like a certain way, isn't it? Like that is so intentional that like they had that idea, that vibe they want to get, they to get, um, which is pretty awesome.
1: Do you think that other animated films take this much care of like every single aspect of it? I know that you were saying something similar earlier but even to the point where I they think, put the score into vinyl
0: i think yes they, 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 there are i think it's a It's two things i think i think the first thing is having the vision of someone who has an absolute like like he has it has like the absolute like exact idea about what they want to have and it's like following through on that point like a standing cubic whatever but someone you know who knows what they want and following that getting that vision and that tone perfect and that's difficult to get especially in animated films when you have so many people involved because it's so vast the amount of people involved in it um and I think the other thing is just budget like like they wanted to do this style uh of the anime you know the the the, the animation style that it did and it's not cheap to do it's not easy to do it's Mm -hmm. why people haven't done it before they had to develop a whole new set of like tech to make the visuals come up with the visuals and how they shaded all the lighting and stuff I was reading uh, before again with the animation uh, the animators it had uh, it required up to 180 animators which is the largest crew ever uh, ever put together by Sony so like so you can like they had a vision I guess it was a clear vision and they stuck to it and they nailed it, and then they had the money to back it up, basically, I think is what what it is. Um,
2: I guess, like, if you look at the other Spider-Man films that have been out, like, some of them have been okay, some of them have been pretty terrible. kind of feels like just been like, ah, we can't really mess Spider-Man up because it's already (laughs) been messed up pretty bad. Like, kind of just do what you want. And yeah. I think, like, if you pitch this to, like, the Spider-Man film execs of, you know, the first the first few Spider-Man films that came out, you this wouldn't get made because it'd be seen as like a hot property, and you'd have to do it properly. Whereas this, they've yeah, been right. given like a much wider range of um, stylistic choices to to actually make the film, and that's yeah, and it, it's like a known character. That it's kind of guaranteed that people will come and see it because it's a Spider-Man film. People like Spider-Man. We're going to see a Spider-Man film, but we're going to do it cartoon, massive budget, and yeah, it seems to have worked worked for them. They've they I think won a go got a golden globe. Um, for, I think it was best animation. I think
0: I would hope so. It should be.
1: Yeah, it definitely should have been. Yeah.
0: Um, One thing we haven't really talked about, which I wanted to mention, was the humour in the film, which I think is a massive part of it. Is like all the way through the film, it's it's hilarious. I, I yeah, found it it's very way. funny. Very like, funny film. I laughed at it way more. Like, it's, like I mean, look at look at look at the drama sound on TV. It's an animation, action, adventure, but there should be a comedy in there as well because it's way funnier than a lot of comedies are. Like yeah, just the amount of one-liners and visual gags and like all the this is all the way through the film I mean I was absolutely, obviously the big ones are like you know Spider-Ham and um, Spider-Man yeah. and Noir or whatever like they're the obvious like jump out hilarious moments but they are great it's just yeah I, do, I think that's a big part of it as well it usually helps that's what helps with a lot of the Avengers films as well with their humour sort of like keep the keep the pace up and stuff and keep people enjoying it as they're watching it but yeah. But th- you
1: know like what I would say is that the reason we've talked so much about this film is because it's a good film isn't it? That's why you know usually Hoax Pocus was <laughs> come on, over and over yeah. and done with within like 20 minutes or something because we were like that sucked. Whereas this one we can share with praise because it's so flipping good. Yeah. What, what, like, what are your thoughts on um, the fact that they might be making a second one? I'm interested so the to see. End
0: of the end of the film, there's a little bit, isn't there, where she's, you hear Gwen say like, some, something like, Oh, hey, Morales, have you got a minute? Or something like that. She says something like that. or Because like, she, she opens up a time portal or something. You can sort of hear a voice talking to him. So, it's obviously heavily implied that they're going to do a, a Gwen and and Spider-Morales um, sort of um, spin-off, I guess, or a sequel, I guess it would be. I don't mind it. I think it's fine. Like, I kind of hope they do something a little different with the visuals just so it doesn't get too stale and not exactly the same, which I'm sure they will do because they seem to be geniuses. Um, And I hope it's the same. I hope it's, it's a lot of the same people who are doing it because to make a pro- to do a project like this, it needs to have... You know, it can't just be given to any team. I don't think it needs to have the right people making it. They, like
2: they apparently... shouldn't be too precious with it, though, because I feel like that's what gave it the creativity and like weirdness of this original film. Like if they if they hold it too close and try and just make a yeah. a second version of this, then that's the same when again, it's... but slightly different. Yeah, yeah, be... yeah keeping everything exactly the same. We'll do the hip hop thing again and. We'll we'll do it all in like these like red and red and blue colors, obviously Spider-Man colors. But you know what I'm getting at? Like you don't yeah.
1: don't necessarily just want same a different story, same film. this yeah. that's the problem with like the whole Marvel thing is that once something sort of works, they're reluctant to like like Let go. Yeah, and then like they always. You know, they'll get rid of directors or they might change this or they might change that. And it's just like, just like, look, trust trust in your writers, trust in your directors that, um, potentially, hopefully they'll be used again. Like, just believe in the team that you've hired and let them do what they need to do yeah. and just don't, don't wreck it. Because I think, as a standalone film, the Spider-Verse film, if it was just to never make a second one or whatever, I would have been very, very comfortable yeah. with it. It's now like saying,
0: oh, let's make up to it's like what? yeah you then, start uh, getting then, nervous like, uh, and when and when I mean there's some okay it's hard <clears throat> to say that because like there's some films that Pixar have done that have done like a a sequel to them like Cars or whatever Post- oh right okay yeah and they're rubbish Dory for example I didn't like that film at all it was really boring mm. but they go, and then they make like Toy Story. Yeah. But, but the thing is about Toy Story, it's not really about the visuals, is it? It's all about the characters and the and the and the story, whatever. But they always should mix it up quite a bit. But yeah, I agree. They should they shouldn't be precious with it. You're right, Johnny. They should try and do something fresh with it again. So, uh, this goes in at number one. On the list, mm. and uh, next week we'll have a different film. Do we know who's doing next week's film? Do you guys have a? D- I think it's Johnny.
2: No, I, th- I thought it was Aaron.
0: Oh, okay. Well. Well, we can. I guess we can discuss it.
1: Afterwards. Yeah, I mean, I know, I know, I know my film. Okay. Okay, Aaron.
0: Well, do you want to? Do you wanna tell us what we're going to watch next?
1: Um. Yeah, I'm going to watch Fantastic Mr. Fox. I think <gasps> is my choice. Ah. Look, that. you brought a big dog out, right? so I need to bring out a big dog. I mean, you brought the biggest dog out, right? so it's gonna eat all the other dogs. So I was like, "Well, all right, well." Because like, so you br- so when you,
0: we... I brought the big dog. You brought the fox.
1: All right. Yeah. So <laughs> the reason, like, I w- the two films I wanted to choose were Spider Verse and Flipping uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox. So like, I've
0: it. I've never seen Fantastic Mr. Fox.
1: So oh, it's, I'm, it's a delight. I know, it's,
0: it's one of those films that I've been really excited to watch for years. I remember, mm. John, have you seen it?
2: Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. I remember, Kermo um, Kermo's uh, thoughts on it, which I won't I won't discuss because it's just like.
1: I I know that it's a bit marmite, and I know that yeah. he uh, he's a director that's a bit marmite. But anyway, uh, I'm excited. One. Do you know what I'm really excited for whatever weird film that Johnny like <laughs> you know, I've got this. some um, yeah it's a Spanish like
0: um, it'll animation. be like yeah it'll be some like paper craft like <laughs> weird I don't know stop frame thing or something I don't know what it'll be or
1: it's, he's just going to double down on walls and, and grommet like just
0: I mean that that is a valid choice which
1: I'm very you know I'm down for so we'll see what he goes with Gromit sesh yeah oh I would love a Gromit sesh or uh, Sean the sheep
0: hey Sean the sheep is very good I, uh, I'm excited about this series. I think I feel like this is going to be a really good list of great films that I'm really excited to talk about. So, Simpsons movie. Yes. Uh, that it's could go on pick. the list. That could go quite far on the list. Spider-Pink. Right.
2: What do you call so, a powerless Spider-Man who still jumps from building to building?
0: Uh, dead.
2: Peter Parker. Oh.
0: oh, very good.
1: Oh, what a class ending cheers
0: on that note uh, you can uh, email us email in and complain about that terrible joke to uh, podcast at themoviequest.com or you can contact us on Instagram at themoviequest and uh, yeah thanks for listening um, I'm glad we uh, started the series again we've got a great series to talk about and hope you next week see you later guys bye bye